Well, it is, uh, it is great to be with you today. Um, I promise I have not taken more caffeine this morning than is normal. I don't know what it is, um, but I'm glad to be here. We're starting a new series. The series that we're, I'm, I'm calling it The Rock. It is not a series about Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> that is so so bad. It's actually about a guy named Peter. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever done a series of messages about Peter. I was thinking of that this week. I, I just, I, I just have, ne- I don't think I've ever done one. You know, Paul gets all the love in the New Testament, you know, when it comes to, other than Jesus, of course. Uh, you know, you, you've, got, you've got David, of course, you know, he's, he gets a lot of love and Moses and Elijah, but, but the, I, I just, I, you know, I think Peter is where most of us live. Maybe that's why I haven't done it, because it's convicting. I, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. But we're going to look at really over the course of, of this month, um, not, not Mother's Day, I'm not going to preach on Peter on Mother's Day. Uh, but we're going to look at three phases of people's of Peter's life. The first phase, I'm I'm calling it the pebble. Uh, the second phase, we're going to call the preacher. The third phase, we're going to call the pillar. But what we're really going to see is Peter Peter made mistakes in every phase of his life, and in this first phase, we get the most, we get the juiciest, we get you know we get the best, and they're easy to to choose from. But let me give you just a little bit of background on this guy named Peter. Uh, Peter was from a a very small village called Bethsaida on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It was a fishing town. It was a port, a small port city. And so he grew up to learn uh, the trade of being a fisherman. And at some point, the scripture tells us that he moved to Capernaum He had a wife, and we know that his mother-in-law also lived with him at some point, and he went into business. He was a a businessman, um, but really that business was commercial fishing, okay? So uh, for for many of us, we, we really don't have any idea what commercial fishing is all about, but yet we can see it right here in our own, uh, in our own harbors. We can see commercial fishing taking place. Uh, right here in our own community. But, but commercial fishing is something that it's a little bit different than just going out enjoying a day of fishing. It's, it's where you go the next day and the next day and the next day and it really doesn't matter what the weather is and, and it's just a totally different animal. But Jesus called Andrew. Andrew discovered Jesus and believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And he told his brother Peter, listen, you need to come see this guy. I think we found the Messiah and I want you to come and I want you to see him. I want you to hear him. And so Peter comes and he meets Jesus. And Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And he tells Peter that he wants to make him a fisher of men. And he calls him to follow him. And the Bible says that Peter left his business. He had some business partners. James and John were his business partners. 
And I think it's interesting to note that James and John, they, they were the sons of a man named Zebedee. And their nicknames were called the, the Sons of Thunder. Now, I don't know what this meant 2,000 years ago, but if, if it was the Taylor family, I would know what it meant. Probably doesn't mean the same thing. But they were known as the Sons of Thunder. And Peter is this, this guy who is, uh, he's loud. I have no idea what that's like. He's opinionated, he's obnoxious, he's blustery, he's impetuous, he's, he's rash, he's aggressive, he's very brassy, he's boastful, and he's prone to foolish mistakes. Peter definitely leaps before he looks. And we're going to see that throughout his entire life. Some of you in that description, you took a, a sigh of relief. You literally, you exhaled. And you're like, there's hope for me. There's hope. And I want you to know, there absolutely is hope. We're going to start out with something that I love about Peter, and that is that Jesus gave Peter a nickname. Some of you in your homes, nicknames are a welcome thing. They're even encouraged. Some, I know people that their whole, they, they want to give people nicknames. That is a joy they have in life, and if it'll stick. They feel really good about that. Some families are nicknamed families. Some are not. I, I remember when we started having kids, and, and my wife, uh, we, were, we were talking, you know, because we had, we had Benjamin, and now we just found out that we, a baby girl has now arrived. And we decided on Rebecca, and I thought, I, I get that. When the kids are, you know, in high school, that, you know, people will call them Ben and, and Becca. And she said, no nicknames, emphatically. And as soon as they laid that child on her, she called Becca, Becca. So it was immediately a nickname. We became a, a partial nickname family, okay? But some of you, that's the, the way your family is. Some are not. When I was growing up, I, I had, in the course of my life, I've had two nicknames. One was in elementary school. Um, let me just put you at ease. I'm not going to tell you what these nicknames are, okay? Um, but one was when I was in elementary school, and it happened on one specific day. And, and it was a day that we had hot lunch. Now, we did not have hot lunch every day, but we had hot lunch one day. And one of the items that they served, I thought was the greatest thing on the, on the, the earth. And so I said, hey, if you don't want it, I'll eat it. And I, I had just a pile of that one thing. And after that, that's who I was, okay? Uh, my second nickname was in college. A couple years ago when my sister-in-law visited, the, when she walked in the door, she could not help herself but to call me my college nickname because that is who she knew me to be. Those things stick. Those things really hang on. There's a Swiss writer named Johann von Zimmermann, and he says this, a good name will wear out. Hopefully that's not true. A bad one may be turned... We do hope that's true also. 
but a nickname lasts forever. Some of you, your family still calls you the same nickname that they called you when you were first a part of that family. Some of you love it, and some of you hate it. It just depends on what it is. But Jesus gave Peter a nickname. John chapter 1, verse 42, here's what we read. And he brought him, meaning Andrew, his brother, brought Peter to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. He didn't have to talk to him. He didn't have to size him up. All he had to do was look at him. He looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. If you have the King James Bible, it'll say Simon bar Jonah. You are, you are Simon, son of John or Jonah. He said, you're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. Now, Cephas is an Aramaic name. But when it's translated it's into Greek, it's translated as Peter. So Jesus gives Peter a new name. And we wonder, what is the significance about this? What is important about this? Well, Simon's father's name was Jonah. And according to Barnes' commentary, the name Jonah in Hebrew means dove. Dove. I want you to, I want you to grasp this. James and John are the sons of what? Thunder. Those, those guys are going to be loud. They're, they're probably big, burly guys with big beards, you know. They're, they're commercial fishermen too. Sons of thunder, you know. You imagine those all-star wrestling commercials and lightning and thunder going off. And then you have their partner, son of a dove. <laughs> son of a dove. Talk about two things that do not really go together, who this guy Peter is and what his name is, son of a dove. A dove is very meek. A dove is quiet. A dove is weak. They coo. They're soothing. Am I right? They are all of those things. And that's what Peter was called, son of a dove. I, that just amazes me when I think about that, how weak and how timid that name is. And, 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 and the person who is son of a dove is anything but that. He's tough. He is, he's jump all in every single time. He's aggressive. He's a loud mouth. He gets himself in a lot of trouble. He's tough. He's a crude fisherman. This guy fishes naked in front of his buddies. That's a special kind of wacky. <laughs> but until you've been in Canada for a week fishing, don't tell me you wouldn't do it. But that's him. Got some slow, slow catchers this morning. It's all right. Jesus changes his name to Cephas. Cephas is Hebrew for stone or rock or pebble. It means to be firm, to be constant. Peter is as unpredictable as the sea he loves. He loves the Sea of Galilee. 
And he himself is, he's so unpredictable. We learn about that when we study this body of water, the Sea of Galilee, because storms come up so fast. It is a rough body of water. It's not big like, like our lake is, okay? It's nowhere near that size, but it's, it's something that is, has a reputation for being unruly, and that's who Peter is. That's exactly what he is. And this new name that he's been given is one of firmness and constancy. It, it really, it doesn't, it doesn't match up necessarily with who he is. But I want you to know something, that Jesus changed his name before he became this. Peter went through a, trans, a transition, a translation in his lifetime. I want you to look at the fact that Jesus saw Peter and saw who he would become. How many of you are glad that Jesus doesn't see who you used to be, but he sees you as who you can become? Ooh, that's powerful. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17. We read this, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Let me tell you something. The world is going to want to define you. They're going to want to hang a moniker on you. And that moniker is not going to be a good one. It may be failure. It may be not smart enough. It may be never will amount to anything. It may be always a screw up. But the world is going to try to hang that on you. And the Bible says that Jesus has a new name for you. And that new name is not based on your past, on what you have been. It's based on what he sees that you will become. How many of you are glad for that? Let's pray. That was no one. <laughs> All right. Second thing I want to look at, Peter, we're walking on water, swimming with the fish. After Jesus feeds the 5,000, the disciples set out to sea. Galilee is about seven miles wide there. And Jesus tells them he wants them to cross. And Jesus does not go with them. Scholars believe they're about at the halfway point. Uh, it should take two hours to cross. They've now been rowing for nine hours. They're rowing into the teeth of a storm, pointing the, bo the boat into the waves, trying to get through them. And all of a sudden, it's the middle of the night, and they see a ghost, what they believe is a ghost or a spirit. And as I was preparing this, I just, I just felt the... All I can do is credit to the Holy Spirit that I, I just need to say this, that, that if, if you are looking, if you are looking to contact spirits, if you are looking to conjure up spiritual beings, that you are playing with demonic fire. They thought they saw a spirit. They weren't looking for one, but they thought that's what they saw. And so Jesus actually speaks out to them. This got kind of weird. 
They were completely terrified. They cried out in fear. I want you to remember, some of these are hardcore guys. They knew how to handle a boat in a storm. They knew how to be out all night in a boat fishing. They understood these things. But they were scared out of their mind. Jesus responds to them in the storm and he said, hey guys, it's me. Do not be afraid. Don't worry about it. I'm I'm here. And I imagine some of them were, you know, because like Matthew was an accountant. He's like, whoa, man, I'm really glad Jesus is here. This is good. Peter does something completely different. (laughs) Here's what Peter says in Matthew chapter 14. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Everybody else thinks they're going to die. And Peter says, can I get out and come to you? That is, that's Peter, man. That is Peter. And scripture says he walked on the water. We always forget about that fact and we just remember that he sunk. But he walked on the water. That's also Peter. And this is what you and I might be like in our lives. And I'm so glad that, that even though he was afraid, he cried out to Jesus. Jesus reached out and saved him. You might, you might find yourself in the midst of a storm and you've been walking on the water for a little bit and all of a sudden you are starting to sink and you are crying out. You're overwhelmed in fear. Psalms 40, verses one and two. The psalmist says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I want you to know that when we step out in faith, when we step out in a way that we believe God desires us to, we may sink. In fact, I'm going to say sometimes we're going to take some steps and we are going to sink. But I want you to know that you are not alone. Jesus said, I am here. And when we feel like we're starting to sink, Jesus reaches down and he's, he's done that. Everybody, every one of us that has come to know Jesus as our personal savior, Jesus has already done as Psalm 40 said, reached down into the miry clay, pulled us up and set us on the rock, the rock of Jesus, our salvation. You are not alone. Even though you may feel like you are sinking, you are not alone. The next thing I want to point out is that there's highs and lows. Peter has incredible highs, incredible lows. And I want to, I want to point this out from Matthew chapter 16. Jesus has just shared with the disciples that he needs to suffer and die. Look at verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, I want you to, I want you to understand this, okay? But a few minutes ago, Jesus said to his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they gave him some examples. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He wasn't asking Peter specifically. But Peter pipes up and answers, you are the Christ 
the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood or man. This is from the Father. This was huge. And a few minutes later, Jesus said, I'm going to suffer and die. And Peter takes Jesus aside and he rebukes him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said to Peter, Get behind me. What? <laughs> you you you've just, you know, you've said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, the Father's revealed that to you. And if, as I love, I love uh, what SpongeBob SquarePants. A few moments later, <laughs> he's being called Satan. Highs and lows. It's going to happen to us. You're going to get up in the morning and you're going to experience an incredible victory. And by dinner time, you are down in the mully grubs because you feel you have been absolutely defeated and you have failed. It's reality. It's, it's, it's reality. It's, it's just something that's going to happen to us. This morning, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So I'm going to have those that are going to serve communion. They're going to come in, and they're going to begin to distribute the elements. And this morning, I just, I just want to challenge you. Maybe you look at the life of Peter, and you're like, wow, this, this Mr. Inconsistency here, he's all over the map. And that's, that's totally me and my life. I want you to have a sense of hope because the same Jesus that gave Peter a nickname is the same Jesus that says, you know what, I see you for what you're going to be. Let's stand together, shall we? They're going to just begin to distribute the communion elements this morning. You don't have to be a member of Silver Creek Church. Uh, parents, uh, we leave it up to you to lead your children in whatever way you see fit. But we're going to pray together. And I really wanted to wait till the end of the service to do communion. And here's why. I want you, as we pray together, as we reflect on our own inconsistencies, our own failures, I want you to hold what we would call a representation of the body and blood of Jesus in our hands. So as we reflect on the fact that we may experience highs and lows, that we have failed, I want you to remember that here's what we have in our hands. We're remembering what Jesus did for us, that he died for us. So this morning, as they're passing out communion, I just want to take a second. And you might be struggling this morning and thinking, you know what, I, I am two steps, uh, I'm one step forward and two, spe two steps backwards in my spiritual life. I feel like there, I cannot succeed. I feel like I cannot, I can't really break through the way that I want to break through. If I had a nickname in my spiritual life, it would not be a good nickname. I want you to know Jesus sees what we can be. And so this morning, I just want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, as we, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning, God, I am reminded 
of what Jesus has done for us. And God, I realize that we have struggled. We have failed. God, we have, we have done a lot of things that we might not be proud of. But God, we realize that you're a forgiving God. God, I thank you. I thank you that, that Jesus is there for us. When we are going down under our circumstance, under the waves, we've just been walking on the water and now we've paid too much attention to the wind and the waves and, and we're sinking, we're overwhelmed and Jesus reaches down and he picks us up. God, I'm so thankful for this example that we have in scripture. And I realize that there are some here today, God, they would say, I'm an awful lot like Peter. God, I pray that today that we will realize that you have a new name for us, not based on the past, but on the future. The Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Father, we thank you that the body of Jesus was given for us. He was put on a cross for our sin, our failure. And God, you do not see us according to our past, but the future that Jesus has declared for us and spoken over us. And so we thank you that Jesus went to the cross. Would you partake of the bread together? The scripture says that after supper, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood. This is the new deal, the new covenant. They all understood about blood in the old covenant. But Jesus said, this is a new covenant through my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of your sin. And so Father, today we thank you God, that even though we fail, even though we struggle, even though we are overwhelmed, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. This morning, if you are, are here and you say, man, I need my sin to be always and fully covered by the blood of Jesus, the Bible tells us that it's the blood that forgives our sin. Father, I pray for that one that's struggling here today. And I pray, God, that they would understand that to live our life under the blood of Jesus is to live under that new covenant, that new atonement that makes us one with God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for the sins of many. Would you partake of the cup together? Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm so glad that you're here today. My heart is that, that you would know that you are loved by God. That you would know how special you are to Him. Amen.
Well, as you go today, I hope that you'll take a few moments and fellowship with people that are here today. Spend a little time over a cup of coffee and just love on people. Would you do that? God bless you. It's great to be with you today. Have a great day.